We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob louder i cover the 49ers for the fine folks here at blue wire joining me tonight is my co-host the man in charge of the beast that is niners nation kp kyle posey what's going on man not much man uh, another slow news day in 49ers land what in the world is going on with you rob <laughs> i know dude it's like even when I was reading that intro, like, like you're trying to read it with a little bit of energy, like, hey, you know, welcome to Striking Gold, knowing the topic that you're about to discuss and how <sighs> shitty it is. And it's like, I really don't want to seem fake as hell right now, but I kind of have to be. So, so we, um, we can't run from these topics, by the way. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And it's almost too, you know, it's it's almost one of those things. And I know we're at this point, we're just like doing too much alluding, but um it's like, do you even, if there were other things to talk about that pertain to normal football, you know, normal football news, would you even want to talk about them after the conversation we're about to have? You know what I mean? Like every now and then football takes a turn towards reality that yeah. just kind of puts everything in perspective. So without further ado, I mean, that's a horrible way of saying it, but um, what we're referring to is the fact that former 49ers quarterback Richard Sherman is, uh, for lack of, I mean, for lack of any eloquency, going through a really rough part in his life. That much is stage in his life. That much is clear just from what we know. So just to kind of break it down, the news broke uh, yesterday, right? Right. Late yesterday. Um, that Richard Sherman was arrested for felony domestic or burglary domestic violence, which is a felony. And... In terms of the burglary, there's I know obviously that term is usually associated with like theft, but what it really in infers is that either you're gaining entry to a place that you're not supposed to be, or you're in a place and you're that you're not supposed to be and you're refusing to leave. So that's where the burglary comes from, and the domestic violence 
pertains to the fact that I believe his family was involved. Yeah. And so, and there's, there's a whole story that we're going to break down, but on the surface, that was what was first reported. Um, do you know who first reported it? KP was it Adam Schefter? I, I mean, he was the big one. Oh, he's always going to be the big one. So right, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to neglect anybody, but at the same time, it almost just seemed like a a tidal wave of reports, and you know, who knows who was first? Yeah, the information was just like ongoing all day. So and it started really early, and then from there, um, it just I don't feel like it stopped, and it's, I don't think it still has stopped. No, it's ever since that first news broke, it was like. They broke the news and then they just kept like clarifying, you know, oh, here's a no more details. Here's a little bit more details. Here's a little bit more details, a little bit more details. And so essentially kind of just to break it down on a very surface level review of what it, it has been said has happened. And obviously we will talk about this a lot more in depth throughout the conversation. But essentially what I've what we've kind of determined happened was. Based on the 911 call, which we'll talk about some more, Sherman got in the car, got in his vehicle, intoxicated. Right at the same time that his wife was on the phone with 911. He got in the car, intoxicated, not in a good mental state. Apparently crashed his car into a construction site, some type of construction site, but was able to drive the vehicle off the construction site and then abandon it in a nearby parking lot is what I read. From there, I assume on foot, I don't know. That's a whole little window that we haven't had open yet. Went to his in-laws house and tried to force his way in inside. Now, based on one of Adam Schefter's other reports, it's, it, it's as if they knew he was coming. A couple hours before he did. I don't know how all this patches together. We're just trying to tell you what we've heard. And again, neither KP or I are reporting anything. We're not like, this is all just what we're digesting as everybody else digested it. So he tries to break into his in-laws. They knew he was coming. They gave the police a heads up. He unsuccessfully attempts to break in, caused damage to their door in the process, uh, which prompted them to call the police. The police come to the scene. They had a... Uh, what was described as an amicable, amicable, amicable conversation with Richard Sherman. Once they kind of told him that they had to detain him, it got violent. Or no, I wouldn't say violent. It got, you know, maybe you could say violent. He resisted arrest, and to the point where they had to use the canine to subdue him. Um, which, just given the kind of state of things and the stuff that you guys read about constantly, maybe that was the best way for that to unfold. Um, you know, it obviously is not, none of this is positive, but given where we know that could go, sounds like things at least only went that far. Richard Sherman is still in jail. He's been denied bond. And that a lot of people were quick to say that being denied bond means it's very serious. And obviously it is, but apparently he was denied bond for the fact that he just simply hasn't been able to get in front of a judge yet. And so that's why he's been denied bond. And I think that is the entire, like the really surface level events that has led us to right now. Did I, did I, did I summarize that all right there, KP? Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty spot on to me. So there was an accident and whatever that accident caused or whatever that accident was, uh, Sherman 
probably was under the influence because in this situation, why else would he flee the scene? Because, you know, more than likely he knew a punishment was coming, um, fled to an ex-family member's house, whoever that may be. And it was 30 minutes away. The family member's house called the police to tip them off that he was coming. Then when Sherman showed up, didn't answer the door. That was what was wild to me. Like, dang, this is your family member. And I'm not absolving it, you know, Sherman of anything. No, just the fact that, you know, your own family doesn't have your back. You know, you could have sobered up. You could have drove back the next day, got your car, took care of whatever. And, you know, this also ignores the whole part where his wife was talking was on the phone with the dispatcher, which we will surely get into. Let's and- let's get into that right now, because that I mean, in you th- in terms of like the timeline of all this happening, from what we know, the nine eleven not in nine eleven nine one one call was one of the first things to happen. Obviously, not one of the first things we heard about, but that was one of the first things to happen. So, and I know you shared a similar opinion to me. How so? So tell us how all that went down. Yeah, so his wife Ashley called the called 911 just telling them the situation saying, "Hey, my husband, he is in trouble right now." And when you say that, he was in mentally he was mentally unwell. Like he was not fit. She said he was about to, you know, he's threatening to hang himself. He was threatening violence. He was wrestling with their, their uncle. Um so initially, that should have been that should have triggered something. And I don't want to go off into a tangent because this shouldn't be a 911 issue to begin with. There should be mental health officials that are able to take care of this. So there isn't violence, but clearly something is up with Sherman where he has, you know, there's something wrong mentally and we have to get to a point where we can help these people who are struggling mentally. Um, the dispatcher was very, I mean, that was frustrating. And it feels like we, the more we discuss this, the more it sounds like we're, you know, making excuses for Richard Sherman. I want to be very clear that we're not doing that. Um, we're just, you know, adding pieces to the puzzle and talking through it, which is how you should handle any situation. But the dispatcher just couldn't have handled it anywhere. It would have been tough for her to handle that any worse because she was talking. She wasn't listening. She really wasn't interested in the information that Richard Sherman's wife actually had to say. Because think about it, your husband is going through this, he's going through that. And while you're trying to deescalate that situation, you're on the phone with 911 and 911 is like, what are you talking about? Slow down. I can't hear you. That's not going to help. Speak a lot. Like just, she was so pushy and so short with Ashley that it almost felt like Ashley was going to like, we have to give props to her for being, you know, under control and handling the situation because that could have gone worse. And, you know, maybe nobody would have even nobody would have been able to get out um, to help the Shermans. But this entire situation is, I mean, bizarre is not the right word just because there is so much going into this. Uh, One of the statements in the Sherman case said that he fought the police, was eventually apprehended and taken into local hospital to be checked, but was cleared and then booked into uh, King County Correctional Facility. So there were. They were under the impression that he was having injuries. So that's that's why they took him to the hospital. So there's all these little details about this story. And it's it's so tough to uncover how many. But luckily, I think no. what we need to touch on is that no kids were harmed. Nobody was hurt in general. And the biggest surprise of this was everything we know about Richard Sherman. Whenever he talks to the media, great guy, uh, very well-spoken. He 
doesn't give you the one word short athlete type of answers, no matter who it is, whether it's me, somebody, a blogger, or whether it's Matt Mayoko, somebody who's been covering the team for essentially two decades or however long it is, um, he's going to give the same type of answer and he's very respectful. So this tells you to me that something is not clearly right. And just based on what Ashley said in that 911 call, I mean, that's pretty evident. Yeah, she was obviously really upset. She had said that Richard Sherman was texting friends um, that he wanted to hurt himself. And he was also uh, to the point where, yeah, he started to get into it with family members. He was trying to leave. She said that she had like disabled the gate. So who knows how Sherman got out from their property. That's, you know, and that's a whole nother story that you don't really want to envision. Um, but you, I mean, you kind of started to talk about it. The thing that kind of surprises me the most about all of this is when it comes to, uh, what's the, what's the best way I want to say it? I mean, of all the football players, the NFL players, football players in general and NFL players that I've interacted with, spoken to, listened, listened, speak, and, you know, ask questions, Richard Sherman is way, way up there as far as just what you hear from them and how smart you kind of perceive them to be and just how sharp he is, you know, like there's, there's so many things that are going for a guy like Richard Sherman in in what he's built up. You know, obviously he's been a leader of whatever team he's been on. He was a leader for the Seahawks. He was a leader for the 49ers. Like I said, one of the smartest football players I've ever listened to, uh, he's a leader in the community. He's always trying to be involved in stuff like that. I believe he's a fairly high, high up rep representative in the NFLPA for players. Yeah. They really, you know, and, too. right. And you're talking about a guy that is as sharp and for lack of a more eloquent way of saying this more put together than really anybody we, we know, like at the very least, he seems and he's got his shit together for a better, without a better way of saying that. And yeah, so I want to interject real quick because I've spoken to him just like in DMs. I, I have questions about, hey, what is this? Like, what are you guys doing on defense? Every time he would respond, every time he would break it down, every time he would give me like a, a significant answer to help me understand. He has no reason to do that. He's not entitled to do that. Obviously, you know, he's a millionaire, Hall of Fame player. But when we look at him in that lens, like it's – it is almost impossible to uh, to come away thinking that, you know, as we said just before we, we got on here, we woke up thinking, like, in what world would this have been Richard Sherman? But I think it kind of just goes back to, you know, we can't put these athletes on a pedestal and worship them. Yeah, it, it's true. And and that's kind of where I was going with that is you've got a guy who who invokes all of the positive attributes of a football player and then just a, a good human being and a leader. And the fact that he could be so publicly going through these struggles, it's it's jarring. It's kind of like shocking. Like it, it's hard to believe. And it just speaks to the, the higher level of trauma that these players will put themselves through for the sake of their the, the game that they love. And as much as... People like to diminish diminish it. Oh, these players make tons of money, and they do. We know that. But these guys are also just completely putting every part of their body on the line to play the game that we get to watch and write about and talk about and ask about and overanalyze. And, and this is one of those moments where it gets, it gets real, and it becomes more – more than a game it's 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 about people's lives and safety and health and 
it shines just a, a different color spotlight on the game. Again, like somebody that is as put together as Richard Sherman can be going through these struggles. And I don't even know if they're related to what he's done on the football field. It's just, you know, it's it's hard to keep things in perspective at times when we talk about football until it always takes something like this to come up before we realize, you know, there's some other stuff that goes on here. It can be more serious. It will be more serious. It's all, It's always just a matter of time. And it's tough too, because as far as the 49ers are concerned, when you when you bring it back to football, it wasn't as if Richard Sherman was out the door on another team, checked out. There was, you know, there's probably a lot of people that thought Richard Sherman would probably end up back in a 49ers uniform. Yeah. Or at the very least, or at the very least on the Seahawks. It kind of seemed like those two teams were just kind of where he'd naturally end up. Um, and if it wasn't in a football uniform, and Richard Sherman announced he was retiring, I guarantee you TV networks would already would be on the phone before he could even finish his press conference. It so it's him up so quick. And it's not to say that all that's out the door, but it, you also don't want to say that something like this has no impact on those things. You know, Richard Sherman went from a corner who was probably almost guaranteed to be signed at some point during training camp when a team realizes they need some help to is he even going to play football this year? I hope so. I hope this all kind of works its way works its way out to where it's not as serious as it appears right now. But again, right now all we're going off of is everything that's kind of broken on the news. We're not trying to put a spin on it or turn it into something it's not. At this point, it just seems very serious and it's hard to watch. Like I said, it's hard to watch. I've played Call of Duty with Sherm and you just don't it's hard to watch somebody go through that. And I don't real. I'm not close enough with Sherman where I could like you know send him a message and say, "Hey man, is there anything I can do?" Not that there'd be anything I could do for him or any you know, but it's just hard to watch somebody go through that that we've come to know over the past few years during his time with the 49ers and just how he's conducted himself and it's been rough. It's tough. It's tough to see. It is just because um, you, when you don't when you reach out, you don't want to make it seem like you're just doing it to do it. Like, because if you were to reach out, if I were to reach out, like right now, it would be because we feel sorry. Like, we want to know that everything is okay. It's for your well-being and not so much as, hey, I I want to scoop. Can you give me this? Can you give me that? So, I mean, that just goes back to the mental health in general. And you you do have to wonder. And that's what's tough about talking about this topic is you have to wonder how much of him being a free agent plays a part into the whole mental health fiasco because – you know, in his mind, he is one of the greatest, if not the greatest cornerback in the past, what, 20 years or so since Dion. You have Revis, you have Champ Bailey, but Sherman is up there. He's easily top five. And having to go through this, you know, this for the first time in his life or, or the first time since he's came into the NFL, essentially, since he's not been wanted. So essentially a decade uh, that has to mess with your mental. And again, that's not making an excuse for what he did because without knowing the fact they said that it was a suspicion under DUI, which you know makes more, the most sense. But um, even going back to speaking of sympathy, the dispatch as awful as she was, that is their job. If you've ever heard of any other dispatch, that's how they always talk. That is their job. They're not here for your sympathy story as, you know, as tough as that may seem as tough as a pill as that is to swallow. They just need the facts so they can get out, get somebody out there to help you. Um, man, this entire, I don't know where to go with this story because we can go in so many different ways, 
but it feels like we're guessing at the same time. And I don't want to do that because if we say, say something like, hey, maybe we thought Richard Sherman was drunk and it comes back that his, um, that his blood alcohol content was zero, 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 then that's dumb. And then we're just guessing and we're piling on and somebody else is going to take that and run with it. And you know how that goes. So, ah, man, we, we're going to have to wait. He has a court date on Thursday and hopefully he's released and hopefully we get his side of the story. And I mean, just the more information comes out, the more we'll be able to evaluate what happened. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned this already. One of the gr- the good things about all this, if there's anything good to be taken of it from it, is nobody was hurt. Other than Richard, uh, you know, he sustained some some minor cuts, it sounds like, on his leg from the police canine. But, you know, other than that, he wasn't hurt. She, uh, his wife, Ashley, was not hurt. Uh, they, their kids weren't hurt. She came right out and said he's a good person. This is not his character. We're all we're doing all right. Um, she just wants people to know that no one was hurt. And you could hear her voice in the 911 call and how concerned she was. And that's the only reason 
I've even mentioned alcohol at this point was because I believe in that, in that 911 call, she said he's drunk and that he's in a rough state. And one of the other things that I believe it was Ian Rappaport mentioned in his video that he just recently posted on NFL network was that this is, and this is kind of a scary part is this is not something new or sudden. Apparently Richard Sherman has been struggling with in whatever way we don't know. Again, like KP said, we're, I don't want to guess at any of this. I don't want to offer, you know, my thought, my thoughts when they're not even, I don't know. Um, but apparently friends of Richard Sherman have been going over to his house to try and help him through this, which again speaks to a bigger issue than just a night of drinking and you lost your temper and things didn't go great, you know? Exactly. So it's, it's just a, it's, it's a human being thing. You know, it, it goes beyond the game of football. You, it's hard to know what to say. It's hard to know what to do. I obviously would never have any idea what to do to fix it. It's not like a play, you know, if, if a play doesn't go right and you can clearly see what's wrong and it's easy to say, well, this person should have just done this. And you can't do that here. It's human beings. We're all different. And, and I think you brought up a, a valid point in the idea that, Richard Sherman might be facing his, you know, it's almost like a questioning of his, his existence and the fact that he may not be playing football anymore. And we don't know that yet, but that could just be one small part of the equation. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I, it, it's none of us do. I just hope that it's okay because it doesn't sound okay, but you just hope it is. And you hope he gets the help he needs. You hope that his family gets the help they need. You hope that everybody, you know, that everybody's able to stay together and everything kind of, you know, in, in, in a perfect world, but shit just ain't like that. That's not reality a lot of the time. So, yeah, man, just for like 10 years, you are the most wanted DB in the NFL. Like you're, you get clippings nonstop, you get texts nonstop, just congratulations. Hey, you're the man, you're this all pro, a uh, pro bowler. Everybody wants to be like, Every DB wanted to be Richard Sherman. Every DB like would name, if you're naming your top cornerbacks, they're like who you watch, who you want to model yourself after, it's Richard Sherman. And then as he talked about this free, his free agency, he, teams were, were telling him, hey, uh, yeah, we're going to see how it goes during the draft. And if we get somebody, we'll, we'll hit you up. And maybe now he was the most recent ones, probably something along the lines of, as you said, um, we're going to see where we're at with training camp and then, you know, we'll, we'll maybe bring you on. But he admitted that their teams were telling him they're going to go younger. And that's tough to swallow because in his mind, he can probably still play at a high level despite the injuries that he suffered, you know, in recent years and obviously 18 and then this, this most recent year. Um, that has to mess with you, man. There's no way if like we, we do a poor job as, in the media of ignoring the human aspect of football and, this maybe I mean, I'm not going to say this is going to be the thing that helps it, because unfortunately, you know, depending on what happens at Richard Sherman's court case, uh, this will be an afterthought, you know, in in August, a month from now, August 14th, when we're at 49ers training camp. So um, something has to be addressed in the mental health, mental state, because to think that Richard Sherman is the only athlete struggling with mental health, mental health issues, just in the athletic field in general, it would be pretty naive. Right. Yep. I think that's a good good point to make too. I, I think this is probably more common than we think. And again, we don't. I don't want to take this in in a direction where it seems like we're 
we already know that Richard Sherman is struggling with these mental health issues. Again, there's a chance it could have just been one bad night, but there's, you know, some other things were said that kind of lend it to be seem like a larger issue. And, and like you said, there's, there's probably a good chance that hundreds, if not thousands of current and former players are dealing with this stuff right now in a way that over the years, we began to learn more and more about PTSD that, you know, soldiers, um, experienced when they got back from war. And, and, you know, there was at a time when that wasn't even acknowledged or, you know, people didn't even know about it. And that's the same thing with, with what we're realizing football players go through is there's a whole nother realm there that hasn't even begun to, that we haven't even begun to break into. And, and this could be just one of many instance instances where it, it helps us realize these things and kind of pushes us towards a place that's uncomfortable um and difficult and the answer it's one of those it's a place where the answer is never easy that's for sure so you know I, and it, to kind of sum it up i'm just hoping that sherm's all right i'm hoping that his family's okay hoping that the in-laws are okay you know i hope everything works out and that sherm can get the help he needs and the, you know and everybody ends up okay but you just never know and again this is kind of an ongoing thing we mr sherman makes his first court appearance tomorrow I'm assuming we'll start to learn more and, and kind of the fate of everything and how where this is going to go from here. But for now, that's really all we know. So, you know, if you're if you're a, if you're a praying person, then you know, give some thoughts and some prayers to uh to all Sherm and hopefully he uh, things work out for him and and he can get back onto the basically the revolving door of success that that guy's been experiencing for the last I don't know. 10 years of his life, just 12, whatever, however long that guy's just been killing everything he's touched. So, yeah, I think um, it, we'll I think see what you said just about him getting help is probably the biggest one that matters. Obviously, you know, rooting for his family, rooting for um, nobody to ever get injured, ever to be hurt, but it is, it's okay not to be okay. I actually wrote an article about mental health in 2018 on this. And if you're listening to this and you know, you struggle with any sort of mental health issues, feel free to, Reach out to me, email me, DM me, whatever it is, however you can get a hold and you want to talk about this. I promise you there are people there. It is okay not to be okay. Everybody is going through something and holding on to this and letting it build up is like the worst possible way. It doesn't sound like Sherman did that. It sounded like this is a one-off, but at the same time, it sounds like this has been ongoing for a while and you want to tackle it before it gets out of control. So um, whatever it is, just please reach out to somebody. If you're not comfortable talking to me, a stranger, I totally understand that. But reach out to somebody who you are comfortable talking with, and then they can they will more than likely steer you in the right direction. I like it. I like it. Well, obviously, this pod is about you know twice as short, half as long, whichever is the correct way to say that, <laughs> um, <laughs> than our podcasts normally are, but. Like I said at the start of this episode, when when football and the, the reality of football and, and everything that revolves around it kind of takes itself in this direction, I think sometimes it's okay to just acknowledge, you know, the harsh reality of it and not find a way to turn it back towards, oh, well, in 49ers land, you know, that at this point, that would probably just seem a little insensitive. So I apologize for the fact that, you know, if you were hoping to jump on here and enjoy just a super positive episode of 49ers talk here on striking gold and you know get your fix um but like i said 
that's not reality. And you got to, you, you can't be a, a diehard football fan without acknowledging the human aspect of this and the things that can happen. So, um, like I said, sorry for the short episode. Uh, we will probably be back on, probably won't be back on here until next week, just cause obviously there's other than, than what we just talked about. There's not a whole lot going on in the football world right now, but once we approach training camp, once training camp starts, which is really only a couple weeks away, things will pick up a lot. Um, hopefully both KP and I are there, um, or hopefully one of us is there and we can really just start breaking this down, uh, multiple times a week. Cause you know, that's kind of when the season starts for us is training camp. So we're getting there. Two we're weeks. getting there. Do it. Yep, we're getting there. But for now, um, we'll leave it at that. And uh, praying for you, Sherm. Hope you get what you need, buddy. Um, any uh, any last little words there, uh, KP? No, man, Sherm. Take care of yourself, homie. Uh, everybody's rooting for you. And again, if any of you are listening to this and have any sort of mental health issues and want to talk to somebody about that, it is okay not to be okay. And I will more than gladly help or at least point you in the right direction. All right. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, folks. I'm Rob. That's KP. You're listening to Strike and Goal, and we are signing out.